0: So here's a deep question. How do you make meaningful change in the world? It's the kind of question you ask yourself a lot if you happen to work in fundraising. And the answer's probably obvious, right? It's money. Well, yes. But also, no. You know, a lot of people have money and don't make meaningful change. And a lot of other people are able to make meaningful change without a lot of money. And those are the really interesting people, right? Because we can all be like them. But how do we do it? I guess that's what I'm really asking. How can you, regardless of your resources, use what you have to change the world? I told you it was a deep question, and I think I might have stumbled onto the answer. I'm Deborah Melman-Clement, and this is Cause and Effect, a Queen's Alumni Review podcast where we dive into the motivations of philanthropists, and explore what they're passionate about and the impact they have on the world. So the answer to my little deep question might surprise you or it might not. It's all about how you see yourself. The activist Grace Lee Boggs once said, "You cannot change any society unless you see yourself as belonging to it and responsible for changing it." Unless you see yourself as belonging to it. That's the key, I think. You know, it sounds so simple. But how do you learn to see yourself as someone who belongs to the world? Well, if you're Tika Pinnock, you learn it at Queens. The fact that Tika was able to learn such a huge, impactful lesson at Queens is all the more impressive once you stop to consider that her path to Queens wasn't exactly typical. You see, She'd only been in Canada for a couple of years when it was time to apply to university. She had never heard of Queen's, but she was drawn to it for an unlikely and by unlikely, I mean unusual reason.
1: Yeah, I chose Queen's because it was in Kingston, Ontario. And I migrated from Jamaica a year and a half before then and went to school in Kingston, Jamaica. And I thought, oh, wow, another Kingston. Let's, uh, Let's see what's happening down there
0: unusual. That's a good way to describe how Tika came to Queens. And considering that she was one of just a few dozen Black students at the time, it's also a pretty good way to describe her experience here. Well, actually, Tika had an even better way of describing her Queens experience. She told me that it was bittersweet, but mostly sweet.
1: I had a great community at Queens, And I had, I had multiple communities. So I had my roommates and they were, they were one community. And it was me and five girls who lived together for, you know, the, the three years we were we're all, most of us were on, on residence together. We lived on the same floor, then we moved in together. And that was our home for three years, uh, 316 Collingwood Street. I don't know who lives there now, but <laughs> shout out to my, my former home. And then I was part of the the black student community there as well, but there were also some some hard moments. I was one of th- three black students in in my program. Never had a, a a black professor that I had a course with during my four years at Queens. Had had other sort of unpleasant moments in Kingston that I think you know sometimes stained the experience that we had, and and you know the usual the usual stories, unfortunately, they still happen of, you know, somebody wearing blackface during the Halloween weekend or just parties that had racially insensitive moments to them. So, so there was that. And, and to some extent, that kind of colors one experience of the city and of the institution. But those were, those were much fewer and far between than the good moments.
0: One of those good moments was an encounter with the history professor, Dr. Barrington Walker, one of the few Black faculty at the time. Dr. Walker always made a point of cultivating relationships with Black students and offering them advice to help them feel at home on a very white campus. I remember him
1: saying, you have to take ownership of the space. You have to live at Queens and navigate your way through Queens as if you belong here because everybody else, and, and by everybody else, it's sort of, you know, the, the dominant group of of students and faculty at Queen's move about the space as if they belong there. You know, it's their, their space. And I think it was encouraging me as a, as a racialized student, as a Black student, to also feel like Queen's was my own as much as it was anybody else's.
0: Sounds like a nice compliment to that Grace Lee Boggs quote, doesn't it? If you act like you belong, eventually you're going to feel like you belong, and that's when you can really make that impact. You know, that piece of advice was an enormous gift that Dr. Walker gave to Tika because it empowered her to believe that she belonged, not just at Queens, but everywhere.
1: I left being very confident in my competency and in my intelligence and in my skills. And as a black woman, that has been such a great asset for me moving through my career. Cause I really do walk into spaces thinking I'm competent. I can do this job. There isn't a job that I'm going after that. I feel as if I'm somehow never fully equipped to take on because there's certainly a level of confidence that I, I have walking into a room as a a Queen's
0: graduate. That confidence has taken Tika far. After earning her BA in political science in 2007, she got a master's the following year from the London School of Economics. From there, she launched a career in community development, and now she's working on her doctorate. She's also an active volunteer for causes that are important to her. And a few years ago, she had an experience that inspired her to do another sort of volunteer work. It was an experience that took her back to Queens.
1: My roommates and I would normally meet up once a year, once every couple of years, just to hang out with each other. And maybe about six years ago now, we decided we wanted to spend the weekend in Kingston. We went to Shea Piggy, <laughs> which is when, you're, when you are a student, that's the highlight. You, you can't wait for your parents to come into town so you can bribe them into taking you to Shea Piggy. We went to our old house and the students who were living there were so gracious and allowed us to walk around and take pictures and relive our undergraduate moments. I remember leaving that weekend thinking, yeah, it was a lot sweeter than it was bitter. And I thought, "Okay, I I think the stars are aligning here for me to reconnect with the institution
0: and, and start to give back. Not long after that fateful weekend, Tika became a member of the Queen's University Council. It was a way to renew her ties with the university, but it was also more than that.
1: That was a moment for me to, to get back to what Dr. Walker had said about you belong to this space and taking ownership of the space is, is also um, engaging with, with what's happening and the future of the of the space and trying to intervene in where the institution is going.
0: And that is the magic of belonging. It makes you realize that you have something to contribute. Remember that quote You cannot change society unless you see yourself as belonging to it and responsible for changing it. Belonging is just the half of it. You also have to reach a point where you can feel responsible for changing it when you know that it can be better. For Tika her student experience pointed the way to the change she wants to make.
1: There's no universal experience of Queen's. There are folks who come and have great experiences, and there are those who come and don't. And there are those who are somewhere in the middle. Uh, we had great experiences, but it could have been better, and and the parts of it that weren't great are unfortunately tied to, you know, demographics that we can't change, whether it's it's your your race, your ethnicity. Um, and for some, I think it's class. I think there we don't talk about this a lot. So it's great that we are in the space where we are trying to make the institution work for all the students.
0: And yet, despite its imperfections, Tika has never stopped believing in Queens. It's a message she shares with everyone in her life.
1: There are family, friends, whenever I get an opportunity to... Give someone advice about where they should be thinking uh, about for their post-secondary Queens is always number one for me. In fact, because I think Queens should be the number one choice uh, for students going on to, to university, I want to make sure it's a welcoming space for those who choose it.
0: It probably won't surprise you to learn that Tika uses philanthropy to make Queens more welcoming. She gives regularly to the Queen's Fund and she's supported several bursaries over the years, her way of acknowledging the financial aid that helped her get through Queen's. But you know, lately, Tika's been thinking about philanthropy in another way, as a way to take Dr. Walker's advice a step further and make a bold statement about how much she belongs here. I think philanthropy
1: is one way to extend one's legacy, but it's also a way to put your your mark on a space. Um, and I, I think, uh, again, particularly for me as uh, a Black woman, putting my name to something, putting my family's name to something at Queen's, I think is a measure of belonging. It marks my presence in a particular way, but it also marks the presence of, of the Black students at Queen's in a particular way, past, present, and, and future. It says, we were here, we are here and this space is is our space this is our home
0: tika's cause is justice and equality but you know she has another cause that is equally important to her
1: cancer has done a number on my family in in the deepest ways that one can think and then last year unfortunately i also lost my godmother who in many ways was my surrogate mother to cancer and she was she was located in jamaica so In the last year, I've been thinking about just how to extend the memory of my mother and to extend the reach of her life beyond me and my immediate family and to to also honour the experience of my family and the people that I love by supporting cancer research and advances in cancer
0: that reaches marginalised communities. Her gift will enable her to bring both of those causes together in a way that's uniquely meaningful.
1: Thinking about reaching racialized and immigrant pop- populations in Canada that don't often get tested for cancer. They, they don't get screened for it, are not really part of, of clinical trials sometimes. like there, there are some inequities in cancer research that I would like to support uh, the redress of that. You know, I'm from Jamaica and when I look at my godmother's experience of doing cancer treatment and she was a well-resourced woman and it almost, you know, ate all of their their life savings for her to access treatment. And then I think about folks who are not as well-resourced in Jamaica and across the Caribbean who can't even, they can't even afford to be tested, you know, much less to afford treatment once they have been tested. And so it it is my goal to to make cancer research inclusive and accessible.
0: She's taking aim at her goal by giving to Queens. It's partly because she's excited to support the world-class cancer and global health research that happens here. It's also partly because she understands the power of philanthropy and the message it can send about belonging. Her inspiration is the Bader family. And how they're now almost synonymous with queens. There's a presence about that family name. Like
1: even if you you are unaware of who they are, their giving has sort of touched queens in in so many ways that it's hard to think of them as separate. I think when you you hear the the Bader family name, you sort of connect it with queens. There, there's a way that they work in tandem with each other, and so I think when when donors put their names. To something and, and put their treasure to something. There becomes this intertwining with the institution in a way that's difficult to unnot. And I think that's what philanthropists, that's certainly what I would be hoping for.
0: Intertwining your name with the Queen's name. That's definitely a sign that you belong. Okay, I want to wrap up by taking just a moment to thank our executive producers, Karen Bertrand and Scott Anderson. I also want to thank my advancement colleagues, Michelle Foucault, Sarah Franca, Rochelle Castellano, Natalie Shearer, Alex Bashera, Callum Linden, Yeshi Dolma, Grace Morton, and Wendy Treverton. And of course, I want to thank Tika Pinnock for so generously sharing her story with us. If you have a great philanthropy story that you want to share, well, we definitely want to hear from you. You can reach out to your relationship manager if you have one, or look for me on the Advancement Staff Directory at queensu.ca. I'm Deborah Melman-Clement, and this was Cause and Effect. If you want more, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon.